So last week we started, we talked about what we're going to be focused on for the next five weeks, actually. Uh, it's the five practices of fruitful congregations. And this week we're going to talk about radical hospitality. Radical. Where is he? Be rad. See, Brad's already got all this. He, he, he understands. He knows that you're supposed to be rad all the time. <laughs> to help us get a little bit better understanding of this, I've got two passages this morning. One is out of the Old Testament, and one is out of the New. The first is in Genesis chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. This is Abraham and Sarah who are visited by three men. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, don't pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, get three seahs of the finest flour and knead it, or knead it, or knead, knead, knead it, and bake some bread. I'm not a baker. <laughs> then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. And the second is out of Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 34. This is Jesus speaking just before the plot to kill him begins to unfold. He says, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This idea of hospitality has been around for a long time. That passage out of Genesis, which is, you know where that's located in the Bible, right? It's kind of close to the front. <laughs> and that's where that story of Abraham and, and, and the three men who came to him, it's, it's in Genesis 18. That's early on in, in the story that God unfolds throughout Scripture. And it continues through Jesus. This idea of radical hospitality has been around for a long time, and it means being prepared. Abraham was prepared. The culture of that time was to welcome those folks who were travelers, those who were strangers. And so he did that. He welcomed them in. He fed them. He, he, he went over the top, actually. And from the Old Testament to the New, the Bible tells about God's invitation into the kingdom. This is what Abraham is inviting him into his home. And, and Jesus is inviting us beyond that into the kingdom of God. It's a story about God's love for his people. And God's grace that flows to all of us, even to me. The Jews understood this because they had been in captivity. They were in Egypt and they were slaves and they had been redeemed and rescued from that and set free. 
And so throughout the Old Testament, we see this admonition to take care of the alien, to look out for the foreigners, stop and take care of the sojourner. Jesus was a part of that culture, and so he understood the cultural practice when he said take care of those who are hungry and those who are sick and those who are naked and those who need to be cared for because they can't care for themselves. It was part of of a continuation of the Old Testament to the New Testament culture that we hang on to. But he added something, as he, Jesus tends to do. He added, because if you do it to the least of these, you do it for me. How transforming would that be if we lived that out? Everywhere that we, we went, every person that we meet, we see them as Jesus. So that when we're interacting with them, it's no longer that me, me with Noah, it's, it's me with Jesus. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> it's not me and Carol, it's me and, and Jesus. What if we saw people in that light? What would that do to the inter- interactions that we have? Would they stay the same? What if it was somebody I didn't like and I still saw them as Jesus? Sorry, I can't go to any of you. I love y'all. So I <laughs> See, the early church grasped hospitality. The early Christians knew what it meant to take care of it. The song has it so right. They will know we are Christians by our love. And they knew what it was, what it was like to take care of one another because they lived in a, in, a, in a time and a place where there was great persecution of the church, that their lives were literally in danger for being a Christian, for following the way. They were, it, it was, it was, it, well, it's still going on in some places in the world, particularly in the Middle East, where if you say you're a Christian, your life is in danger. And they live with that every day. And the early church fathers talked about this. St. Augustine, he said this in one of his sermons. He said, acknowledge the duty of hospitality. Thereby some have attained unto God, have been brought near to God. And the, ben- the Benedictine order, those are the guys that wore the, the, the monks and they wear the brown hoodies. <laughs> kind of out of style these days, but, but that's, that's, that's what, how they look. They, they put it this way. They said in their own creed, let all guests who arrive be received like Christ. Let all guests who arrive be received like they're Jesus. Meet people where they are. There's an Egyptian monk named Jerome who said, we always need to treat guests as angels just in case. Just in case. And that's the spirit that Jesus is speaking to us in Matthew. Take care of the stranger because the one who's visiting may just be an angel in disguise. Might just be Jesus. Look upon them as people you welcome just as you welcomed me. Just as we welcome Christ, we welcome others. And we've largely lost this biblical sense of hospitality. Let me read something to you. See how close it comes to capturing the spirit of our current age. In a commercial country, a busy country, time becomes precious, and hospitality is not much value. Time becomes precious, and hospitality loses its value. That sounds like our current age, right? Except that it was said by a guy named Samuel Johnson in the 18th century. The Industrial Revolution was taking place, and, and the world was changing. All of a sudden, productivity was important, and time became the precious commodity, not hospitality. And somewhere over the years, 
we've kind of seen this transition. We've lost the true hospitality in the church as well as in our culture. We've allowed it to become the arena. Where is hospitality practiced most of the time? What are you going to do when, if I ever finish talking? You're going to go to lunch and go to a restaurant, right? And that's where hospi- the hospitality industry, restaurants and hotels, and, and it's become something that, that's very different from what the biblical idea of hospitality was. So we go to the restaurant, and they, they treat us really nice. They, May I take your order, please? And they bring us food. Well, they bring us, also bring us a check, and then you've got to get one of these things out, and you've got to give it to them, and then they go take it back. And they, but they treat you really nice because they want you back. They want, they want to keep this, this back and forth that if, if, if I'm really nice to you, then you'll come back. And that's what hospitality has become. My friend, Jeff Coleman, he's a pastor at, and I don't know if this is his or not, but he's the one that I heard it from. He said, when we treat our congregation like consumers, why are we surprised when they act like consumers? And you see that in the church, and we've got to be really aware of that. This is, this is not the place where you, where you come in and you go, okay, what do they got for me today? All right. Come on, Mike, play me something good. That wasn't bad. Okay, other Mike, tell me something that matters. And maybe, if all that is good, then maybe I'll support what you're doing. That's consumerism. That's not radical hospitality. That's not what church is. It's not what we're called to. We're called to something much greater than that. If we're really living out hospitality the way Jesus has asked us to do, because he's asking us to go to people, all people in the world, and and meet them where they are, and, and engage with them in that place. If we're really doing that, we wouldn't need the word radical, except that we don't do that, so, so to do what Jesus said is radical. Because really, it's w- hospitality, except we don't do it, so we've got to go the extra step and call it radical hospitality so that we can be rad like Mr. Dan. Radical hospitality. Treat everybody like they're Jesus. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Matthew 25, 35. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, 15, 7, welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed you. See, Christ welcomed you and me into his kingdom. Do you ever just get awestruck by that? The creator of all says, Come into my kingdom. What we need is a sense of being overwhelmed by what that is and what that means. The gratitude that comes with that because out of that gratitude then we want people to experience what we've experienced and we want them to know this Jesus. We want them to know this God of ours and we are compelled as Paul writes in, in, in his letters, we are compelled to share that with other people. Compelled. Can't not do it. Have to talk to people. Have to help people. Have to visit the prisoner and help the sick and do all of those things. We are compelled to do that. 
Bishop Schnazy, who wrote the, the book that this series is based on, he, he defines hospitality this, Christian hospitality this way. He said, Christian hospitality refers to the active desire to invite, welcome, receive, and care for those who are strangers so that they find a spiritual home and discover for themselves the unending richness of a life in Christ. The unending richness means going beyond the norm to the exceptional. A man was at a wedding at a church that he used to attend, and he went there, and he was walking around, as we tend to do when we're at our former churches. And he noticed a lady who was up in the narthex area, and she was crying, and so he went and said, can I help you? Now, he didn't go to this church anymore, but he felt compelled to reach out to her. And she began to unfold the story to him and said that she, need, and she needed some help. And so he knew who the, the lead Stephen Minister was. Stephen Ministry is a, is a group that walks with people through, through things. And so he gave him a call, and that guy was at home. He answered his phone. He said, well, I've been out in the yard, and, and I've been mowing the grass, and I'm sweaty, and I'm dirty, and I, and I don't smell really good, but I'll see you in 10 minutes. And he came down, and they sat with that woman, and they listened to her, and the, the man who was visiting connected her with the Stephen ministry at that church. And as the man was getting ready to leave and go to the wedding, he, he said something that was very, turned out to be very profound. He said, you know, can I give you a, a hug, a Christian hug? And as he gave her that hug, she just broke down. She had not received a healthy hug in a long time. Now, he didn't have to do any of that. How many times, and, and I'm, this is me too, how many times do we see, some, see a circumstance and we go, I really don't have time to go there. I do that. He could have done that, but he didn't. He took that extra step. He went the extra yard. He, he, he saw her as Jesus, and he welcomed her. Now, Arbor Point, are you, all good, are you all a welcoming church? Yes. yes. The answer is, is yeah. It, yeah, that's not a trick question. <laughs> if you have ever hugged anybody in this church, would you stand up? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'll make you too, guy. All right, take a, take a look around. I think we're 100. Is it 100%? Yeah, okay, go ahead. We have great greeters and we have uh, folks who, who, we have folks who will get up out of their seat and go and say hello to you. Not all churches do that. I'm going to tell you a story without telling you a church. <laughs> Kit and I were, were visiting a church and so we went and uh, we went a little bit early and we went to the contemporary service and we sat in the contemporary service for a little while and nobody said anything to us. And we decided, well, we'll go down, uh, down to the main service, the big one. And so we walked from one end of the church all the way to the other, all the way up the hall, and nobody said anything to us. And we got into the service, and we were in the service, and we went through the whole service, and somebody did say, there was one lady who, who turned around and said to Kit, you ought to sing in the choir, and then turned back around. 
And then the cool part, though, that is that they do have a place after the service for guests and visitors to go and hang out and, and have some coffee and get something to eat. And so we went into the place where the visitors for, were supposed to go and hang out, and we grabbed a cup of coffee and, and grabbed something to eat, and we stood there and talked to each other for about five or ten minutes, and nobody said a word. You think we went back? No. That, that doesn't happen here. That, that, that's not part of the culture at Arbor Point. And that's good. But radical hospitality is not just what we do here, right? It's those folks outside of here that we could bump into that get on our nerves or those folks in our life that, that, that God, those divine appointments that God gives to us where, we're, where we meet somebody unexpectedly and, and we have an opportunity to, to interact with them and, and, and show the love of Christ to them. Because those appointments happen all the time. But th- that's not the way of the world. We're not to follow the lead of the world. We, do, we are to follow where Jesus leads us. The Holy Spirit will give us strength. Give it, don't worry about what to say. You know, just show up and, and be there, and the, and the Spirit will lead and guide. So we serve in the name of Jesus. We set a pretty high standard. That's a high standard. Do we always hit that standard? No, we don't. Um, but do we still set the standard high? Yes, absolutely. Do we set it higher than we can reach? I hope so, because if, it's up to, if, if we set it at a point that, that we can reach it, then we have ruled out God giving us that extra bump. We've got to go to the place that's beyond our reach, where God is the only explanation. <laughs> when, when God is the only explanation, because then we get to praise him for, for the things that happen and what happened. We can't be afraid to go the extra mile. Abraham. In that story, did you catch that? How, how he was offering his best to those three men. He made them feel as if they were the most important people in the world. He ran to them, he bowed down low to them, asked them if they would stay for, for food. They said, Yeah. So he goes running to Sarah, tells her, Hey, go and uh, need that bread. <laughs> With your very best flour. Then he runs into the field, gets his best calf, and has it prepared. And takes that to them. And then he sits down and enjoys that they are enjoying his work. That's radical hospitality. Radical hospitality. Jesus is ready as well to provide that same meal to each and every person who's invited into his kingdom. And let me tell you, if, if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we, we, we're going to do communion and we're going to close, but just know, if you want to rededicate, if you want to accept, um, I'm always available up here to pray with you, to meet with you. That invitation is for any of us in this place. I, you know, I don't think often enough I stand up here and invite you in, into relationship <laughs> with Jesus Christ. And, and I don't know, you know, if you look around, it's a lot of familiar faces, and, and it's probably that folks ha- are, are in good shape, but I still want to make the invitation that you are not in this alone and that, and that Jesus wants to walk with you. And he invites us. There's a painting, and it's kind of a cool painting. It's Jesus at a banquet hall, and there's this guy outside who doesn't belong in the banquet hall. 
And Jesus is saying, come on in. Really, come on. And, and it's almost like the guy's saying, me? I don't belong in that hall. What, what are you doing? That, there's, look at that. That's like a food and all kinds of stuff going on in there. And Jesus is saying, come on. Uh, you're invited. You're invited into the kingdom of God. You are welcome in this kingdom of ours. Jesus wants us to invite people into the kingdom. He wants us to, to have a welcoming spirit and, and to be available, to, to be willing to take people, as to bring them with us, to take them as far as they can possibly go. There's folks just waiting for that invitation out there. Just waiting. This week, you're going to encounter someone in your week, somebody, who needs that invitation. Stay aware. Stay aware. Be hospitable. Remember, Jesus made a place for you. Jesus made a place for me. But he has a place for them as well. He's asking for us to be his servants, to make a place for others in the kingdom so that we can say this, welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God.